Amen. God is good this morning. Can you say amen? amen. All right, now we're going to go straight into the word of God this morning. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. I'm going to read a, a, a portion of scripture in Matthew, the gospel of Matthew chapter 18. You know, in 1865, aroundabouts there, in Kentucky, West Virginia, I read a story, an article of two families, uh, the Hatfields and the McCoys, uh, who had a dispute. There was an argument going on, and the dispute was over the ownership of a pig. So they had a pig going on, and they didn't know whose pig it was. One family said, this is my pig. The other family said, no, this is my pig. And they had a huge dispute over it. So the the, the argument lasted a couple of hours, then a couple of days, um, uh, then a couple of weeks and things got bigger and bigger. This sparked an actual entire family feud um, and the feud lasted for nearly 30 years. And it started over a dispute over a pig. And after 30 years, it claimed the lives of between 20 and 60 people from each family. Literally died fighting uh, because they started over a pig. Listen, I want to say this morning, sometimes uh, people are going to do you wrong. I don't know if that's happened to you. It's happened to me before. Sometimes people are going to do you wrong. But we're going to look at scripture and to see how God can use a resilient relationship to achieve great things. Sometimes when we push through and try to fight for our relationship, God can use that to build something, to do something wonderful. Now, what we're going to read is a familiar portion of scripture towards the end of our text. But I want to take out, or so I want to put in the context to that scripture as we read in a sermon of entitled, The Resilient Relationship. Matthew 18, verse number 15, the Bible says... If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, okay, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be uh, to you like a heathen or a tax collector. Verse number 18 says, As surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And again, I say to you, if two, uh, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now, the last part of the scripture towards the end of what we just read, we uh, take that and use that many, many times. There I say many times people have said here when we're praying and open up in prayer for our service, when two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst. But I want to go back and look at the context of that as I look first with you at the recipe for restoration. Because it's talking about a relationship between brother and brother, brother and sister, friends. It's talking about relationships. And the first point, the Bible says, if your brother sins against you. Well, how many know, listen, we're like flesh and blood. So it's more like when your brother sins against you. People are going to do you wrong. It's in our nature. It's in the human nature. The Bible says in Romans 3 and verse number 10, says there is none righteous, no, not one. So you may have the bestest friend ever. 
your siblings, you may love them, but sometimes they're going to do you wrong. And God goes on to say, listen, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So if we've fallen short in our relationship to God, how much more do we fall short in our relationship with each other? Sometimes we do things, we do things that, that wrong our brother, wrong our sister. The word there says if your brother sins, it's the same word trespass, which literally means uh, miss the mark. We're saying if, if somebody misses the mark with you or makes a mistake, sometimes we do that. We need to understand the text that Jesus has given us is saying, listen, we need to try and restore that because there's always an aim is to gain back our brother or gain back our sister. Bible says if you do this, you will gain your brother. But sometimes when we are wrong, all we want to do is gain the upper hand. Come on now. Sometimes people wrong us. They upset us. We don't, first of all, look to try and restore the relationship. We want to understand how can we get some revenge. Sometimes revenge just plays on your mind. Someone does something you're like, okay, you go back, you get your notepad. How can I get this person back? And you're stewing, you're thinking of all sorts of plans. Someone said revenge is sweet. Listen, we have to understand that's not the way we want to live. I picked up a story. Um, A man was walking home one day and there was a a rabid dog that bit him. Um, And he was scared of, you know, what that means. If you you, you notice, rabid dogs, they carry rabies. And if you get bitten, it's it's, it's a disease. So he goes to his GP. They do some tests and he says, yes, I'm afraid it is rabies. And as soon as he told him that, he took out his notepad and started to write. And he says, listen, he's thinking that he's writing a will, saying, you're not going to die. You don't have to write your will. He's saying, I'm not writing a will. I'm writing a list of everyone I'm going to bite before you change. Because <laughs> he's, he's thinking about revenge. Somebody has done him wrong somewhere. Some people have done some, some things to him. And sometimes when that happens, what we think about is how can we get it back? When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, He said, listen, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The aim is not revenge, it is restoration. We should seek to restore some of those things. And in our text, we're given some steps on how we can do that. So as we look at the recipe for restoration, the first one is, the Bible says, if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. Right? Because the aim is redemption, we're going to go straight to the brother or to the sister face to face. We don't want to try and involve everyone else first. We don't want to go say, listen, do you know what that person said to me? You never guess what he did. You never guess what she did. No, the Bible says let's go face to face because first we want to address the issue. Let's address the issue with our brother, with our sister. Sometimes we don't want to address issues because we know they'll be painful. I'll just rather isolate myself. And then we have situations where people are not talking for weeks, months, even years. We want to go and address the issue. But the principle here is let's go face to face and speak with that person. Now, in this day and age, I'm so uh, surprised at how people resolve issues. Instead of speaking... They go on Twitter or TikTok or WhatsApp, WhatsApp status. You know, people communicate with WhatsApp statuses now. Do you know that? (laughs) You put like a picture or something up there and, oh, what's that meant to mean? (laughs) And you have to kind of decipher this code of of the post. Oh, why did you post that? You didn't like my post. What's going on? And we've got this whole communication language going on on our social media. Meanwhile, the people have never spoken face to face. 
Bible says, go face the issue, you and him alone. We don't need the whole TikTok fan to see what's going on in our relationships. Listen, let's sort out what's going on. I'm surprised this day and age, that's where we, the first thing we go to is whip out our phone or our keyboard and start typing. Listen to Proverbs 25, verse number 9. It says, debate your case with your neighbor and do not disclose the secret to another. Debate your case with the person that's involved. We don't need to involve anybody else. The first part is to go and face the fault between you and them alone. The Bible continues on. In verse number 16, it says, But if you will not hear, take with you two or more, because by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. There comes a point in an effort to restore a relationship that other people should get involved. Because if we're not just getting fell, listen, we want to restore relationships. We want to build up them. And I'm going somewhere with this because Jesus has shown us something with this ideology. We need to install that or ensure that we try and build up and the word here established means to made or stand firm we want to make sure that what we say stands firm in an attempt to restore relationships because it is important to God that relationships are tight and restored and resilient and the third step here the Bible says in verse number 17 the Bible says and if he refuses to hear them then tell it to the church And what does the church represent? The church represents the bride of Christ. It represents authority. It represents judgment. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, verse number 1. It says, Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge this world? The, the church represents the authority that Christ has given us. So when they're saying, tell it to the church, it's saying, listen, bring some authority here because we need to restore this relationship. And the Bible then goes on to say, listen, if he refuses to hear from the church, let it be that he's like a heathen or a tax collector. In other words, if they're continuing on in this rebellion, continuing on in this issue, it's no longer a restoration issue, it's a redemption issue. They need Jesus. Come on now. A heathen and a tax collector, what they needed was Jesus. What they needed was salvation. And the reason why we're going to all of this effort, the reason why we're going all this, uh, uh, this way, uh, what's the reason? So we can gain a brother. So why do we want to gain a brother? Jesus gives us an insight to the power of unity. Because if we don't gain the brother, then we just, we just split up. We're just on our own, that's it. But Jesus has given us a, an insight to the power of unity. Look at verse number 18. It says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is the exact same statement that Jesus gave to Peter when he says, I give you the keys to the kingdom. When Peter confesses him as the Christ and Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. He said the same things in chapter 16 of John and verse number 19. He said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom, authority, that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That statement is a statement of authority. So what Jesus 
Jesus is saying is that when you gain your brother back, when you are in unity again, you now have authority over this world that we're living in. He wants us to be in unity as a church that we can judge the world as he intended us to so that we can do some binding and loosening. How many know we need to have that authority as we function as a church in this place? Binding and loosening is to do with forbidding and permitting. When Jesus Christ uh, 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 unveiled the power that he's given us, uh, he says, listen, if you bind things, uh, then it'll be bound here, not just on earth, but in heaven also. The church has the power to say to somebody who is bound in sin, uh, to preach the gospel to them and say, you are now loosed from sin. The church has the power to see demonic activity, uh, to say no more. We bind that up in the name of Jesus Christ. uh, And the authority is given to us when we are you. Unified. We need to understand that, that when we walk in agreement, um, there is a power and there is a dominion. Look at verse number 19. It says here, And again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, um, it will be done for them um, by my Father in heaven. I want us to understand the power that Jesus Christ uh, is talking about here. As we come together, we understand the church is not just the building. We understand the church is the people. The church, the ecclesia, is the gathering together in one accord. So what Jesus is saying is when we come together, do as much as you can to restore relationships. Because when you restore relationships in the body of Christ, we stand together in unity and we have the power to bind things here in the natural and in the supernatural. We have the power to loose things here in the natural and the supernatural. But what the devil will try and do is sow discord so that that power is then relinquished. The devil will try and break up relationships. So now we are working on our own strength. Now we are working with no unity, with no loyalty. Listen, the Bible says we should do all we can to gain a brother and gain a sister. How many of us here sometimes carry some of that, uh, that weight? Somebody's done you wrong. You're saying, okay, I forgive them. But have you actually really forgiven? Every time you see them, you turn. You shake their hand, you smile, you do that smile where you're not actually smiling at all. It's that kind of, "Mm, God bless you. We need to seek to restore because as we restore relationships, we are endued with a power that we can function as God designed us to function. Many times I see in churches, there is backbiting, there is sex. Many times in church, there is groups of people that, that, that faction together and all, all the while we're meant to be one unified body with different members doing what Christ has called us to do. But we we're losing power and influence simply because of infighting. We need to seek to restore what God wants us to do. And I want to move on to the point of the middleman here. Verse number 20, the Bible says, and this is a familiar portion of scripture, it says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Where two or three are gathered together, We need to understand what Jesus is saying. With unity, you would have more of me. That's what Jesus is saying. When you gather together like one mind, you gather together seeking me. Listen, there'll be more of me. We need to understand there's no Rambo Christians around here. Come on. God designed us to be in fellowship with one another. 
God designed us to be in unity with one another. God designed us to walk hand in hand with one another so that we can stand together, we can push forward, we can go through and have the same ideas, the same plans, the same vision, the same heart. Listen, Jesus said, in my name, we're meant to have authority. We're meant to have a dominion in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, but when two or more, Notice it's two or more, not just one on our own. We're meant to do that. And what does it mean? He says, I'll be in their midst. Jesus Christ can be the middleman. And he know, we know that he is the mediator between us and God. Jesus Christ wants to be right in our midst in all that we do. But when we first must understand, we need to look at the relationship between our brother and sister. Can we look at our relationship between our brother and sister and say, God... I want there to be a unity right here. I want us to go forward and push through and do what you've called us to do. I want us to move away from the troubles and the, 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 the splits of this world. I want us to push forward. You know, one of the things that I said I wanted to kind of push for when I came here, me and my wife came here, I've said it a few times, I really do believe the gospel of Jesus Christ can spread over cultural boundaries. I really do believe that it can spread over uh, different cultures. I really do believe that we can say, listen, this isn't just a a particular cultural church. This is a church of Jesus Christ. And as we stand in unity, regardless of what culture we come through, listen, I believe God will be able to do great and mighty things in the midst of us when we look to build relationships with our brothers and sisters. Yesterday, um, uh, they... um, They were saying, I heard someone say, why don't you go back to your country? (laughs) And I was like, I was like, I was born here, bro. Where where do you want me to go? Where where should I go? (laughs) Because in this day and age, it's still still rife where we have uh, this whole thing about, uh, you know, we've got this group of people here and this group of people here. Listen, uh, I I love culture. The different cultures is amazing. I love the different cultures of food, the the, the music, the dance, the clothes. I love it. I I think it's fantastic. Uh, But it wasn't meant to be a a thing that we can use to to, to hit people with or to move aside from people. It's something meant to be celebrated. That I can say I have brothers and sisters, even just in this church, I have brothers and sisters from Nigeria. Come on now. I have brothers, come on now. I have brothers and sisters from Ghana. Come on now. I have brothers and sisters from Pakistan. All right now. From the Philippines, from Kenya. Come on, brothers and sisters from right here and Hull, from Italy. Come on, I can say I have brothers and sisters all around the world. I'm looking to build and gain a brother. I'm looking to gain a sister. And if we have that outlook in life, that's when Jesus Christ said, I'm going to be in the midst of you if we have that outlook in life. Let's look at people of how God looks at people. Let's look at people, how Jesus looked at people. Listen, you can't look at a man or woman uh, with disdain who Jesus Christ died for. You can't look at them saying, listen, I can't see myself with that person or, or friends with that person. When Jesus Christ laid his life out on the cross for that person. He's saying, listen, when two or three are gathered together, it doesn't list what race those two or three are. It doesn't list, uh, you know, the, the, the things that they've done. It says, when they are gathered together in my name, then I will be in their midst. So we need to understand that when we come, we are called to build relationships together. 
We are called to build relationships because of, as we do that, as we exhibit the love of God, listen, people will see the love that we are pushing out there and say, listen, something is different with these type of people. Something is new with these type of people. I want to have what they have. I want to be a part of what they are part of. I want to give so that I can be wherever they are and do whatever they're doing. We need to understand that the whole reason we are trying to gain a brother is so we can have Jesus in the midst of us. And yesterday just reminded me that, listen, we're in a world that needs Jesus. Who, who agrees with me in this place right now? We're in a world that needs Jesus Christ. People are hurting. People have no hope. People are, uh, uh, listen, I want to tell you a quick story um, about a hopelessness. Pastor Mo, you know, he, uh, he pioneered this church here. Um, and um, it's a fantastic job. Him and his wife, uh, Liz, they were sent to Paris, France, uh, uh, pioneering again in Paris, France, a fantastic work for God. He was telling me as he was uh, walking in the afternoon one time is that uh, he was walking um, and um, in the corner of his eye, he sees um, a shadow and then he hears a huge thud. People start screaming and he turned around and somebody just literally meters from him uh, had jumped off a building uh, and they tried to save a life, but they couldn't. Here's a woman that had no hope at all. It is urgent that we deliver hope. And we can only deliver hope if Jesus is in the midst of us. And we need to function with Jesus right in the middle of us. We need to function with him in the midst of us. And we need to do that by building a relationship we have around us so that we can work together as a unit, as a body, so that we can intervene. So that when people say there's no hope, I'm going to take my life right now, we can come together as a force and say there is a hope. If you put your hope and faith in Jesus Christ, listen, there'll be a peace that surpasses all understanding. We'll be able to go to our brothers and sisters from whatever language they speak and deliver the message that we have. We'll be able to deliver the love that Jesus has deposited in us and speak to people and lives can literally change and transform. Listen, we need to put down and lay aside our differences and let's take up arms together because we don't know how long we've got left to kind of push this gospel out there. I for one want to see as many people in heaven as possible and we can do that. God has given us the power and the authority. So let's band together. You're in this congregation, in this relationship for a reason. Let's band together and let's do this. Let God be in our midst, in our workplaces, in our universities, in our families, so that we can go and fulfill the great commission in this place. We want to see Jesus Christ lifted up high. But the thing that always kind of separates that is division. Divide and conquer, you've heard it said before, is a great great tool used by enemies. Even now, they use that in war tactics and it's there to kind of separate. If we can separate, then we can take people out. But if we stand together unified, the Bible says that you have gained a brother. That is the aim. We want to gain a brother, gain a sister, and ensure that Jesus Christ is in our midst. Listen, one of the things that, uh, you know, uh, when, I, when I first got saved, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. One of the things that really helped me was my friends. 
Bible says iron sharpens iron. When we got saved, we got saved together. When one would fall, we'll pick them up. The other would fall, we'll pick them up. And as today, we see many of my friends now are preaching the gospel. They're pastors. They're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ because we was together. We was focused together. Listen, who is around you that you can link arms with? Who are you growing up with that you can hold up and say, you know what, let's fight together. Your spouse was meant to be uh, someone that you could fight together with. Come on, your, your siblings meant to be somebody you could fight together with. Friends in church, uh, the people around in church, uh, extended family now is meant to be people you can fight together with. The aim of what we should do is to gain a brother or gain a sister. And then the Bible says that we'll be able to bind here on earth and bind in heaven, loose on earth and loose in heaven. And then if we agree on everything, on anything, Jesus will do it. Then Jesus will be in our midst. Listen, I want us to take some time this week. Look at the relationships we have. I want to take some time. Look at our immediate family. Then go outside of that. Look at our friends we have. I want us to take some time. If you're married, look at our marriages. Look at our relationship with our children. I want us to take some time and take some stock and realize that, listen, have I got some repairing to do? Let's look at our relationships. Who do I need to repair my relationship with? Who do I need to go and try and gain back? Who do I need to go and try and uh, uh, restore my relationship And one of the things I want to pick up here, Jesus said, listen, if you try all these things and they still don't listen, let them be a heathen to you or like a tax collector. That doesn't necessarily mean, listen, to hell with them. No, what it means is you need to just have compassion to say, okay, listen, you don't know what you're doing. When Jesus Christ was on the cross, people had beaten him black and blue. He was bleeding. One of the things he said was, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. So if people still, they don't want to restore, well, just have compassion. Say, listen, God, they don't know what they're doing. Pray for them and allow restoration to happen. Listen, the the restoration is key. We want to gain a brother and gain a sister. So this week, what I want you to do is take stock of your relationships. Look who's around you and say, I want to gain a brother. I want to gain a sister this week. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. I want us to pray right here, right now. I want us to build resilient relationships. Resilient relationships.